Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast. This is the Conference Championship Weekend Review and College Football Mini Look Ahead. I'm Stucky with me, as always, is Colin Wilson. Just uh, a devastating weekend for me. I think every game that I bet I got wrong. Uh, Alabama over, and then to cap it off, to cap off my shitty Saturday, I get Harbaugh going down the field to ruin the under and um, <laughs> like five wide. I think apparently they were doing it for the school shooting, which I, I mean, I, I didn't, I mean, if that was the case, good, good for that. I can still be upset about losing a lot of money on it. I, I didn't incorporate the school shooting into my handicap, but uh, yeah, that was just the final kick in the dick. It's been a middling, like last year was one of my best college football seasons ever. And then this year it's been middling. And then, there was light this weekend. Like, it could have just swung it to such a good regular season had Kent State won, had Western Kentucky won. Everyone just shit the bed. So it was a terrible weekend for me. I'm just in a terrible run. Before today, I actually had some winners, the NFL. But you get in these streaks, and I'll talk about that towards the end of the show. People are asking, like, what about Tilled and uh, – uh, I'll offer some words of advice there, but just a shitty overall weekend for me. So I wear, look, I lost a lot of money. I answered you guys first. I mean, you got listeners, people follow me on the app, which I've done for my whole life, posting picks online. And then I answered my books on Monday. So, I mean, I will be getting yelled at here in a second on the voicemails, rightfully so. And then having to pay out lots of money on Monday. Uh, Tis the life of a better. Um, How was your weekend overall? I mean, it's kind of mixed emotions because I went four and one on our live show on the BBOC and I'm doing I'm one and four. So, uh, and Ben, I think Mr. Boom went three and one with the best bet in there uh, for one of the games. So I, you know, it's, 
it's one of those things where I get into a little bit of a streak and then I question it and I'll, I'll like play something live and then it doesn't pan out. And the biggest example of that is me playing Oklahoma state plus four and a half live. Uh, I thought the field position and the turnovers is what gave Baylor those points and taking Oklahoma state live was a good idea and uh, losing by five and holding a plus four and a half, you know, that takes your units away from your overall day. And then, you know, the trolls come out of nowhere with the one and seven followers and like to give you shit, but it's just, I think what's going to define this season is that it's a major rebound for me after COVID last year. I, I was having a really hard time picking winners last year with everything that's going on with COVID. The numbers just weren't turning into wins or against the spread wins. But this year, I mean, how many futures tickets? I didn't buy that many futures tickets on the Action App Network like back in May. But the ones that I did buy, they all made the championship game. Cincinnati minus 160 easily wins that. No problems. App State four to one gets to the championship game, loses. Kent on your recommendation during the Mac podcast, I'm 10 to one gets to the championship game, loses. Georgia plus 275 to win the SEC. I thought I smoked that number, loses. I'm sorry. I had a wake 80 to one in my back pocket, smoked. You know, when I, you guys can tweet at me and everything about not hedging against Western Kentucky. I got up every day for like two or three months and cycled through 20 different apps. I had family in several different states checking for Western Kentucky openers. That was a lot of work to get to that point. So when you've got a team that's fourth overall and Havoc allowed and they're snapping the ball over Bailey Zappi's head and you got fumbled punts happening down below the 20, three interceptions and UTSA winning this game, that was a really, really tough pill to swallow on Friday. But besides Cincinnati, it just none of them, none of them panned out whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, what happens is when you go on a bad streak, and I, I said this on Twitter on Saturday, like I just haven't had many. I, I wish that I was able to like, I just haven't had many over the past two years. I've had hard streaks over 20 years, man. Hard, like unbelievable streaks. I've had streaks where I can't pick a winner for a day for two months straight. Have a winning day, I mean. Like obviously I have some winning bets in there. But what's going to happen is like you're going to have streaks where you're seeing everything right, your numbers are coming in, and then you're also going to have streaks where you're, you're doing that and then getting bad breaks. You're going to have streaks when, when everything's going right, you're seeing it right, your numbers are right, and you're getting good breaks on top of that. That's when you go on big runs. When you're not seeing it right, and you're getting bad breaks, that's when you're going to have bad runs. And everyone is going to have them, no matter who you are. You could be a 60% handicapper, which is almost impossible. You're the best better in the world. You're going to have, statistically, long streaks. And that will determine if you are a losing sports better or not, how you react, right? So, like, even if you are betting, if you're just a 50% better and you don't know anything and you're just flipping coins, you're just going to juice out over time. And you'll never get really hurt. But if you, on these bad runs, if you start to chase and tilt and then just fire at things that you shouldn't be firing at, throwing in wild parlays, and then whatever the Sunday night game is, trying to fire to get back to even. And some people do it when, when they're way up, then they're just going to fire their whole balance at something and try to double. Those are the things that make you losing sports better, right? I mean, you, you could juice out and lose, and most people can't pick enough winners to be a successful sports better. But what makes you a true Losing sports better, why many people out there lose a lot of money is because of all those behavioral findings. And it takes a while for people. Some people never can figure it out how to deal with the streaks. Sometimes you got to take a couple days off. It depends on the person. But the, you, can, you can't chase. It's, it might work out a weekend here or there, but you just have to eat these streaks. I joke about on Twitter, I'm living in the slums right now. I can't, pick, I can't have a winning day. You have to just accept it. You got to eat these streaks, eat the streaks where you can't find winners. Get away from sports for a day. Go do something. 
I can. I gotta. I gotta listen to you guys yell at me, and this is my job, which is fine. I've, I've been doing it for long enough, where it's it's fine. But you just have to find out how you can survive during those streaks, because those are going to determine your year, how you react to them, how you're betting, and that's really when people get in trouble. All right, we're going to go through some of these games, and uh, if people always reach out to me and tell me that they're having trouble or and DM, and I I respond to them. So if you are, just reach out to me. All right, so we're going to get to – we'll talk about some of these games that happened, and then we'll we'll talk about some – we'll talk about the college football playoff matchups, semifinal matchups, by the way. Maybe mention a couple bowls. Like, we're going to have a bunch of bowl podcasts, preview podcasts. We'll have live shows as well. And we're going to go digging into the, these games for the next two weeks. One thing to mention – and we'll get to this later in the show, but tr- try and remember before you hit some of these bowl games, just look at the rosters. Look at some – and we'll go, we'll go through some of these, but look at, like, projected – mock drafts and then look at some of the teams and if it's not a college football semifinal you might say okay let me wait on this team or if you want to get ahead of the on the other team if you already like them let me give you a perfect example northern illinois coastal carolina right like coastal carolina could kill northern illinois in that game but is grayson mccall gonna play i don't know right is it confirmed that he's gonna play is he gonna sit out so there's a couple in some of the you have to that's what happens these days you have some of these potential pro prospects that could sit you don't know who it's going to be, so we'll try to talk about some of them over the next couple of weeks. All right, let's get into the voicemails. Uh, I haven't listened to them, but I assume they're vicious, which uh, as they should be, especially to me. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. You have reached the voicemail box of the Big Bats on Campus podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Leave a message after the bleep. I genuinely cannot believe it. On the most high-profile weekend of the college football season, you guys have collectively taken a gigantic on our faces. Western Kentucky, dead. Oregon, awful. San Diego State, done at halftime. Appalachian State, done in the second quarter. Under 54, Cincinnati-Houston, 24 points in the first quarter. I would say you guys could bounce back come bowl season, but I don't think anybody listening to this show is going to have any money left to even bounce back. What the f***? By the way, another, another thing worth, worth mentioning, yeah, that's kind of, for my picks, that's, uh, you're being, that's kind of disrespectful to a pile of shit. But, yeah, another thing they mentioned, like, think about your worst, your worst runs as a sports better. Over, think back how long you've been betting almost every day, right? Like I've been betting since high school, 2003. I've had, I had an 0-18 Saturday. Think about your worst streaks when you're like, I'm never going to pick another winner again, right? We've all been there. You're still here, right? It, it, it's okay. You're going to have the streaks. You're going to survive. Um, but yeah, my, my picks were a pile of shit. I don't know what happened to the, San Diego State was a bizarre one to me. Like, like since the under, I, I, I don't. I didn't hate the play. I lost by a point. The other thing, when you're on one of these streaks, is you just you choose the wrong thing, even though you like a bet. Like I went Oklahoma State first half under and not game under, and the first half under loses, even though there's 37 total points scored in the game. That happened to me with Oak State Boise too, uh, just because Spencer Sanders decides to come out and throw three picks in his own territory to give Baylor 21 free points, which is basically all they scored the entire game. <laughs> it's amazing. But Utah, San Diego State. Uh, I mean, I sat here and was talking about how like, Utah State stinks and how they haven't beat anybody. And uh, you got to give credit to Logan Bonner. He had a good day. San Diego State 
did nothing. And on top of that, how about the punt god? He was blocked twice, missed yeah. a field goal. Woo, bad, bad day for Mr. Ariza. All right, yeah, my pick's a pile of shit. Sorry. Do you ever just look at your picks and be like, I cannot believe people listen to me? I mean, your picks are so terrible. It's unbelievable. Did you get one right today? I mean, starting from Friday till Saturday night, it's unbelievable how bad you guys are. My drunk uncle went swim like 25 and 4 in a bull pool. Like, you can keep hanging your hat on that. But really, you know you're a clown. Good luck, bro. Good luck, brother. Uh, yeah, I don't hang my hat on my, my bull run. I hang my hat on my uh, entire body of work, which speaks for itself. But that bull run was sick. I hope we can do another one. Tell your drunk uncle, I'm going to have some bowl confidence pools, by the way. Some links, I'll have some links out on Twitter. There's a new app where we're going to have them on. Um, but I'll have more info about that. And uh, make sure you forward it to your drunk uncle. You've got to be me. Hey, take Oregon. Take Oregon. It's going to be a revenge factor. It's a new thing. It goes back to this old feeling, old phrase they say. If it acts like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Well, fuck the duck, because that's what's happening right now. Utah is being monogamously just screwing the shit out of the ducks. Unbelievable. Quack, quack my ass. Uh, yeah, bad call there. I mean, I mean, Oregon's defense, I think, played well. I mean, Rising was 15 to 24 for 170 yards, two picks. But I felt like I was watching the same exact game, mm-hmm. right, And that of the first game. Number one, no Oregon fans went to this game. Now, I get it. This game meant a lot more to Utah. Right, or they've never won the Pac-12 championship game, trying to go to their first Rose Bowl. It's a lot closer. You can drive. There's COVID. It's a lot more expensive for Oregon. But, oh, my God, it looked like a Utah home game. And then the other thing that, yeah, just, number, first of all, awful call, rebetting Oregon. But the other thing is I, I assume that Oregon would try to do something different on offense. They didn't do anything different. Is Cristobal out the door? And I thought he maybe already had his contract with Miami. Now he's saying he's negotiating again with Oregon. I don't know. Moorhead already was, though. I mean, that's the problem is you and I podcasted and said that Cristobal came out and said there will be wrinkles on both sides of the ball. I didn't see anything change. And Moorhead, I don't need Was he even- saving him for Akron? He's saving him for Akron all the way. Yeah, wrinkles. obviously. But uh, yeah, good call if you had Utah. Pure, pure winner. Bailey Zappy Hour. <laughs> it built this up all week. I mean, Bailey Zappy. Oh, and then Colin, UTSA, so, so tired. They are just exhausted. I mean, there's no way they could get up for a conference championship game on their home field. They are way too tired for that. I agree. I wouldn't hedge at all. I would not hedge a single bit. I mean, all those tickets you had. And you know what you can do with those tickets? Meet, meet, motherfuckers. First off, 36% postgame win expectancy for the Roadrunners. That was the lowest postgame win expectancy for anybody that won a game. Uh, just go and read the box score. I mean, it, it, it wasn't a bad call to be on Western Kentucky. Uh, this stuff happened. In college football, anybody can beat anybody on any day. Not bad at Western – I would play I – w- I would have bet Western Kentucky if I didn't have a future, and I, don't, I think that was the right side. I, the handicap was that they would do anything they want against ETSA secondary. Uh, Zach yeah. did for 600 yards, and they averaged 10 yards per play. If you take away two snaps over their heads, that cost them 45 yards, and they muffed a, a punt, punt inside yeah. their own 10, like, and still had a chance to tie it. That was not a bad call. I, that was I just fluky. I've had many bad calls this weekend. That was not one of them. 
And it was just a future from the preseason. Like, good Lord, it was a 10 to one. That was, you had a 14 to one. That was a three and a half point road favorite against the preseason favorite. A spread that opened as a pick and went to minus three and a half on Western Kentucky. And they're going to play in in the Alamo Dome. I mean, like. You got to get bounces on these futures. You got to get bounces to get there. Sometimes they go for you. Sometimes they don't. It fucking sucks. They didn't this weekend. Colin, man. How worn out did that UTSA team look tonight, huh? And to think they laid it all out on the line for a meaningless game against North Texas last week? Give me a break. Like, they gave a about that game. It's meet me till I fucking die. I'm just sad I won't be able to hear on now again. Colin, stuck. Took my girlfriend to Disney World uh, this weekend. Happiest place on earth. And uh, I was ready to newly proclaim it the zappiest place on earth. And I was so fucking ready. And Tyson Helton ruined it for everybody. Kicking two 53-yard field goals in fourth and manageable. Are you kidding me? Muffed punts, the center forgetting how to play football. It all ended in disappointment. Wide open drop touchdown pass. It, it, and and I, those, Helton was awful. That fourth and eight, what was that field goal going to do anyway? I stopped counting at four field goals. I, he got up to four attempted field goals, and I stopped counting at that point because on the podcast we said you lost last game against UTSA because you attempted too many freaking field goals. You missed one, you made one, you missed one, and you missed another. Stop kicking field goals in this game. You're Western Kentucky. You, you're going to get another possession. God, God damn. Again, once again, Tyson Elton kicking field goals. You know, they say 99% of college athletes go pro in something other than sports. I'm looking at you, Chase Bryce. You stink. You're fucking third school. You sucked at all of them, except for that one Syracuse game where you ruined everyone's fun at Clemson. Join the workforce. Pick up a guitar and start your country music career. Whatever you're going to do, you fucking blow. Ugh. Yeah, Bryce was, was awful. No doubt about uh, how bad he was for... App State, Louisiana wins 24 to 16. Um, just an ugly game all around. Uh, I and, mean, Levi Lewis, 15 of 30 for 200 yards. Chase Price was 12 of 30 for 119 yards. Like that, it was that, it was oh. State's passing. It's been good all year. Louisiana secondary has been very good all year. They won that battle by far. Yeah. So the post game win expectancy actually was the second lowest. App State, uh, it was a, uh, uh, Louisiana was uh, 79%. UTSA was 36% post-game win expectancy. Louisiana, 79%, two lowest of the weekend. <sighs> I think the thing that bothers me, Stuck, is that when we did the Sunbelt pod, my issue with Bryce is that he was a big drop-off from Zach Thomas. And Zach Thomas's ability to be an extra runner and to run the RPO in space is what made App State just run crazy under Drinkwitz and uh, Satterfield for so many years. And I knew Bryce coming in couldn't run the ball. And we, you and I will both have questions about his passing. So I'm not, I don't know who's going to be the quarterback at App State next year, but if Sean Clark's going to continue to run this offense, which is a good offense, but you've got to have somebody that can run RPO in space. So, uh, you know, App State, you can have the best rush defense in the Sun Belt all you want. But if you don't get someone that can run uh, what like Zach Thomas did, then I'm off this team. What's up, you fucking idiots? Oh, Bama will lose again. They will lose again. Yeah. If Bama's ever a plus 200 underdog, what you're gonna bet against them that's free money like what are we doing this is your guys's jobs wake up also stucky it's baylor baylor not baylor 
put some respect on the Baylor Bears. Dave Aranda's worked too hard for this bullshit. Baylor. Baylor. Yo, everyone quit making fun of my Delco accent. And for those of you who live near Philly, you probably know that I have a slight Philly Delco accent. We don't know, neither of us bet against uh, Alabama, by the way. Uh, Dave Aranda didn't do shit on Saturday. Uh, Spencer Sanders is who you should be thanking. And it's, called, it's, it's Spencer Sanders. Sanders. He came out, vomited on the field, gave Baylor 21 points, and Baylor ended up holding on. Spencer Sanders was horrifying. He had four picks, had no touchdowns, uh, just an absolutely embarrassing game. You got to give credit to Shapin. He was very efficient in that first quarter. I mean, he threw for 180 yards on the game. Here, I mean, you want to know what Baylor did this game? Baylor, Baylor, whatever you want to say. Shapin was 23 of 28 for 180 yards, and he got those three touchdowns on short fields. Baylor ran the ball 33 times for 60 yards. Average under two yards per rush. That's all they did the whole day. Spencer Sanders gave him 21 points and credit or NSD, but they held on. It wasn't some dominant performance. Awful by Gundy and company, though. No, I mean, I just had a future on Georgia, and then I actually bet Alabama plus seven as a hedge to create a seven-point window, and that, that's the way that you treat a future. I don't know how many calls. I, I really have not heard. I don't know how many calls we're going to get on this. But as a gambler, you are allowed to change your opinion when circumstances change. Chris Owens played the best game of his entire career, his five-year career at Alabama at right tackle. The McLaughlin kid that came in and played center had graded out as the best center play that Alabama's had the entire season. And he'd only played 113 snaps. They brought in a kid that's only played 113 in seven games. He's only been in seven games. And he was a rock star against that Georgia defense. That's crazy. So here's the deal, everybody. College football playoff lines coming out. I know that the projected, the projection that we told everybody was six, you know, was uh, 12 and a half, and the number opened up 16 and it came down. It's like, why isn't Colin hitting Cincinnati at 16 or 15 or 13 or 14? Right. And the problem is, is I don't know what Alabama's ceiling is if they completely wipe away all the problems they've had with the offensive line. You're telling me they're completely capable of shutting down Georgia's havoc, of shutting down Georgia's ability to get into the gaps and get into the backfield? That's the new Alabama offensive line with a kid that only played in seven games as a part-timer? I, I don't know I don't know if I can fade Alabama. Yeah, the number was too high when it opened, but what, what is Alabama's new ceiling with a solid offensive line? That's a, a lot they're of still, still Je- They're still Jekyll and Hyde, though, but, yeah, I got to dig into it. Like, yeah. we've, seen, we've seen dominant Alabama performances this year, and then we've seen them take a dump on the field the next week. And I got news for you. They threw – Bryce Young was fantastic, and they torched the Georgia secondary. I got news for you. The Cincy secondary is way better than yeah. Georgia's. Way better. It's the best secondary in the country. Colin Scott coming to you live from Arlington, Texas. It's your resident Baylor Bear fan. Oh, my gosh. I oh, – oh, Stuck, I just love seeing you cry over your unders on Twitter. God, you're an idiot. Keep miscalculating games. Colin, oh, my God, a live bet because Baylor uh, was on their third string QB. God, you're an idiot. Blake Shapin, Dave Aranda, and Jeremy McVay, all three just simultaneously dunked on the whole state of Oklahoma. Yes, I do. I I, I want you guys to know that I'm, I feel it. It gives me more – you can ask my wife – more – I get more upset that other people are, are losing money following picks than my money. 
Did this guy really just call in because Blake Shapin, the backup quarterback, went, went under a tent? And I took a live bet at Oklahoma State plus four and a half and said in the notes, yeah, uh, Baylor's on their might be on their third quarterback here, plus all the f- extra field position and the turnovers that they had gotten to score their points. Yeah, I mean, they had first I, goal at the one to win it, too, by the way. Yeah, and, and then and then you is probably the worst set of four downs I've ever seen at the goal line from an offense. I would have let them score. I was going to – I said – Why didn't they? Score. I know. I don't know. Aranda. Aranda Nation, baby. It worked out. Results thanks. over process. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for the call. I love that I am watching Jim Harbaugh be a complete – right now and make sure that we don't hit this under you piece of khaki i swear to god i hope you get run the over by georgia i mean yeah i mean apparently he was doing it for the school shooting so i can't be mad at him for doing it It still blows it was just par for the course for the weekend they're losing under in a uh a 38 to 3 game in which we said i would have no chance of scoring at least i had iowa team total under that's probably the only good bet i have I took Michigan on, on the BBOC live show and took them on the action app. And I, yes, I had money on them. Everything that goes in the app, I have money on. I think but I said I just that. never seen that 38 to three in a conference championship game. Yeah. Five wide hurry up in the last minute. Yeah. I, was, I, I noticed I that. Distraught. I don't know the story behind what the number 45 means. Maybe that was the number one of the kids wore or something. Um, I didn't look into it, but that's what a couple people told me on Twitter. Even with a 38 though, if there's this thing with Harbaugh, I've seen Saban do this thing where he gets up by 17 and then he just play, he he goes into a, a, a deadlock grind and drags it out. And specifically I'm thinking about the inflated spread that Notre Dame had the semifinal last year uh, in the college football playoff. Right. I mean, that was the greatest offense we've ever seen in college football and Nick Saban didn't cover that game. They covered everything, but they didn't cover that game because they got such a big lead. They just wanted to run Brian Robinson and, and run Najee Harris and Jim Harbaugh doesn't do that. Jim Harbaugh just yeah, he didn't do that to get it to 35 to three, but like, uh, right. I figured that then it's, you know, you just take knees. Nope. Not knees. Five wide, five wide. Hurry up. I was stunned. And by the way, I do want to say that all of my thoughts to anyone that was impacted by the Oxford high school shooting, all the victims, obviously and anyone impacted by the shooting. I mean, I guess this is just the way we're going to cap the regular season. John from Long Island, you know who I am by now. But are you kidding me? Bodong Jim, you're 35 to fucking three. Everyone's happy for you. Congratulations. First Big Ten title since 2004. You beat Ohio State. You couldn't just sit on the ball. Are you fucking kidding me? It went exactly according to plan. You guys capped it perfectly. Give me a break. What a god joke you bodog jim you know what gentlemen i'm just gonna get really direct here obviously it's martin from florida buckeye fan broken broken man and you're gonna get people who complain about ooh this point spread or this spread you know what you know it's just money you know i i lost a bunch of money today but i don't care you know what matters is watching your rival go to the playoff you ask yourself as a buckeye fan would you rather have this happen or guillotine your penis, and I'm sorry, but you're taking the latter. Broken man. See you guys in bowl season. Thanks for the UMass season win total over. I'd rather drag my across a mile of broken glass than ever watch another UMass football game. Number two, Kent State. Can't read, can't write, can't play football, can't state. God damn it.
today was awful. Both of you. Yeah, Kent State, uh, God. They just, I mean, I, and then I couldn't even get my over for me. They got the 65 still in a game where NIU ran it 62 times and started to run out the clock in the first quarter. They played like an absolute snail the entire game. And they were able to do that because they got the lead and didn't have to worry about coming back. Kent State getting that 80 yard touchdown on the, on their first drive to call back for an illegal man downfield by one yard. I was like, here we go again. Yeah. Brutal. And UMass brutal. All right. Thanks for the calls. Thanks for giving it to us. And especially me after a shitty weekend, as I expect y'all to do, we got to get to work on bowl season to hopefully Mm -hmm. make up for this past weekend. But we do have a couple. So bowl matchups out. We're going to have plenty of shows on here. So there's no reason to go into everything too in depth right now. I, I was tweeting out on Saturday night that if you had FanDuel, go get the Cincy 16 and a half. Yeah. Which is an outrageous number. Could only get a thousand down on that. And then it went to immediately went to one dollar. Some of you showed me tickets, you were able to get two two thousand um down on it. Yep. But I know for a fact I have to go break down all these games and adjust my numbers and then look at the matches. I know for a fact if there's no way I'm getting to Bama 14. Not I mean, I don't think I'm even gonna be close. So any over two touchdowns I had to take. Now I didn't put it in the apps on an official play, it was just a small play I got in the open and wanted to give people a heads up. But Bama's minus 14 point favorite right now. Over under 58-ish. In the other matchup, we have Michigan taking on Georgia. Over under 43 and a half. Man, that's small for, again, it's a game. Look, totals in conference championships under 45 are now 9 and 1 to the over. Thanks, Harbaugh. Uh, But that's a small total on a fast track. And that game is in New Miami Stadium in Miami Gardens. Cincinnati, Alabama is in AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Georgia, seven and a half point favorite. The initial reaction from people on Twitter and people that were DMing me and asking me about these games and texting me and things like that is, wow, that seems small for Georgia. So I don't know where the money is going to go. I mean, Georgia just lost. I I think Michigan has a lot. I think I, I thought personally that Michigan will have a lot of public support here, but I don't know. But you have to keep in mind the public public. Betting matters for these games. Public betting mat- will matter for the national championship as well. So like, if there's an overwhelming side that pub- the public really likes, that can be factored into the line because there's a lot of money being bet on this game. So any thoughts on I, – I initially like Cincy plus 14 or better. Um, if you can get over 14, I think you have to play it. Uh, other than that, I have to go in and break these games down. But any initial thoughts? I, I have way more thoughts on Cincinnati, Alabama than I do on Georgia, Michigan. So I'll start real quick with the with what's going to happen in the Orange Bowl uh, down in Miami with Georgia, Michigan. Georgia lost to Alabama because Alabama was finally the first vertical offense that was able to get it downfield and show what a passing game can do. Uh, and and it, it exposed Georgia and what their secondary was. And we've been waiting for that, for somebody on their schedule to be able to take shots. And then you get Bryce Young, who had – a Heisman-esque day. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, you know, actually, you know, exposing what the back of that defense was. And that's not what Michigan's going to do. Michigan is going to do what Michigan does. And that is they're going to line up. They're going to use as many blockers as they can. They're going to run their running backs. And when they have to get into passing downs, maybe they'll throw. They're going to start, you know, moving Haskins and Corum outside the tackles. They're going to run them inside the tackles. It's going to be run, 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 run. And that's what Georgia does best as a defense. So it's a number I make it eight. No reason for me to rush on it right now. 
I've got plenty of film to go over here because that's and you know what are we going to do? Is JT Daniels going to be the starter? Uh, who's going to be the starter for Georgia for Georgia on offense here? Absolutely, that matters to me. I don't think Stetson Bennett looked real good with pressure on him, and Aiden Hutchinson is coming. You had you had to see Stetson Bennett try to throw to win a game for four quarters. Yeah, right. Like it's not okay. We we shut you down and we're up twenty one nothing. Sit on the ball and then we don't have to play in the second half. Like that was Georgia season the entire entire year. Stetson Bennett had to go toe for toe, you know, with Bryce Young and win that game because Georgia wasn't getting stops and he proved that he was not capable of doing so. Now it's just one game, but yeah, that's a good point. You could see you could see Daniels now. Yeah, and so there. I think I need to wait and, and kind of concentrate on this because if it's going to be the Stetson Bennett show or it's going to be something that. And, you know, we've talked about this before, why we liked Michigan to beat Ohio State flat out because they had the secondary. They had a secondary that could shut down C.J. Stroud and 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 force drops and force, you know, incompletions. I, I, I'm not like, you know, heavy on this, but I get this feeling that if Michigan can move that pile offensively, if Haskins and Coram can get three to five yards per game, they can win this game. So I, I'm just going to sit on that. I'm, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to just table that for a while. But since yeah, we, got 20, Alex, we have 26 days. <laughs> 26 days until the uh until this till these games like we don't even have any we have one college football game in the next 12 days so yeah yeah it, it finally gonna get some sleep but cincinnati alabama that one i've got a lot of feelings about the way this is gonna go so we've seen games where alabama's gone up tempo and we've seen games where bryce young has attacked the center of the secondary that's what he did against georgia i don't think that's happening here What's the weak part of the Cincinnati defense? There's not a lot, but they have three guys in the secondary. They're going to be playing at the next level, and they're pretty good. And they're going to be able to – and Mechie now with an ACL, Bama and Saban are going complete grind. And here's the deal. With a team like Alabama and a team like Arkansas, you're going to give them a month to get their offensive line and their running backs healthy? Uh, that I mean, that's a huge advantage for Alabama. But that also goes into the number. Because I think this is a Saban grind fest. I think he takes complete advantage of the front seven of Cincinnati. I know Cincinnati's defense is fantastic, but the biggest strength of them is defending the pass. So Saban's best option is to get Brian Robinson healthy, get that rush defense working, push on them. And then, you know, essentially Will Anderson will take care of the rest against Desmond Ritter uh, and some of what's going on with Cincinnati. So I want to take under 58. Now, the problem is 59 is a key number, and then 55 is the next big key number. So there's really no sense for me to touch 58 right now. I don't see any up-tempo in this game. I think Saban knows that the only way to beat Cincinnati is to is to run his healthy, whatever healthy running backs he's got against that front seven. So if you're taking Cincinnati, you're betting that that's the game. It's a slow gridlock game where Saban is running. And I think that's what the plan's going to be. For me, I, I'm heavily eyeing the under. I would love to get a key of 59. If I got to buy it minus 120, I will, but that's the plan right now. Lots of time to discuss this game. There's also some bowl games out. We'll have written content on actionnetwork.com and the Action Network app for all of them. Every single bowl game we'll be previewing. I'm going to pick out tonight. I'm going to spend tonight. Uh, you're sleeping. I'm not sleeping. I can't sleep until I find winners <laughs> for bowl season after this Saturday. Uh, and I have college basketball to start to get into. The, I got my Outback Bowl tickets. I'm, I'll be on the front row. Oh, of, uh, yeah, the front row of the end zone during the Outback Bowl. So I'll see everybody on TV. Woo, pig suey. Are you going to be on the end zone where Sean Clifford is running into all day? or the? I, well, I mean, I'm in the end zone that doesn't have the pirate ship, right? And Raymond James. So, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. 
Um, and then we'll be in Vegas for the national title. Yep. Um, if you're out there. So we'll be all over for that weekend. Yeah, there's so there's a couple ball lines up. How about just one ball that caught your eye? Um, I haven't dug in to any of these yet. And I gotta like I said, I'm gonna go through and then like first the first thing I'm gonna do is all right, motivation. The second here's one one T I'll give you. Service academies always show up in bowl games. They're 71% against the spread. Just keep that yeah. in the back of your head. We'll talk about those games as well, but you know that they're always going to show up. Or, by the way, Oregon, Oregon, Oklahoma, who's showing up for that one? Um, that's the clown, <laughs> the clown bowl. And then my favorite bowl by far is Mississippi State against Texas yes. Tech. Yes. Mike Leach <laughs> going up against his old school, who he says still owes him $2 million from 2009 when they fired him. Um, that game is amazing. Um, Mississippi State's a nine and a half point favorite there. Yeah, I don't know. That's a great point. We were like one of the most constipated offenses on earth. And, you know, we. Uh... I want to load up on Mississippi State so bad just for just oh, for yeah. fun to be with Leach, you know, on that game. But yeah, a lot of things stick out to me. I'll be real high level on a lot of these because we're going to talk about all of them. But uh, Liberty's problem all season with Malik Willis is the offensive line. That's what's got him in a lot of trouble. Eastern Michigan can't expose that. Malik Willis is going for draft position here. Uh, he's got to have a good senior day. He's got to have a good bowl here. So I, I jumped on Liberty. Tulsa doesn't have the goods. Uh, they're going in the wrong direction as opposed to Old Dominion. Old Dominion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're going to care. Dominion. What yes. is that line? It's open at nine right before we hit record. Now it's down to eight. So I, I, I grabbed some aid right as it moved. Um, shit that's coming down i'm gonna hit it's okay yeah it's that gonna come a, down that was a team i had circled that it, was 100 going to care yeah spoiler alert for everybody this is an underdog that i'm gonna put in our confidence pool right up as a team that i think is gonna win it'll be a low confidence underdog win for me in a straight up pool uh i took pitt and narduzzi uh, a little light play only only a little bit of money uh pitt narduzzi going up against his old school michigan state uh remember what we said about michigan state all year they are boom or bust, depending on the explosive play on both sides of the ball. Pitt can stop explosive plays. I don't even know if Kenneth Walker is going to play, but Kenny Pickett did say he is going to play. So I had to hit a little bit of Pitt there. UTEP is coming down. I think it's below 14. It opened up 15 and a half against Fresno State. We're talking minor nation. Out in the West Texas town of El Paso. Picks up. Jake Hayner is not going to be there. I don't know who's going to be on that roster for Fresno. Who's going to be in the portal by the time this game is played. Interim coach Kalen DeBoer is gone. Uh, UTEP is, this is the biggest game of UTEP's entire program history. So, I mean, UTEP, uh, I would, I would keep on hitting. I mean, I make it a lower bet, the lower it goes. I mean, it's a number power rate around 15 and a half, which is why I hit it, but I'd still hit it at 14. I still hit it at 13. And then I like that. I'll be on minor nation, minor nation, baby. We're back. Last one I'm going to mention, there's no line out. And I don't know what the line's going to be. And I hope one of the odds makers out there is just dumb and, and just calculates a spreadsheet and puts a number out there. Missouri's almost dead last in the nation in defending the rush. I believe they're almost dead last in stuff right. Army is going to destroy that Missouri rush defense. Uh, so I, I am patiently waiting on Army here, who should be a favorite when this, when this line comes out. God, I love bowl season. So after just dealing with conference games for so long, it's so cool to get to take, you know, the new motivation angles and then different style, stylistic matchups of teams. It's always so fascinating. It reminds me of like Bracket Buster. People remember Bracket Buster Saturday when you would have all the teams non. I wish they still did that in college basketball. But all right. Uh, we'll be back next week to preview the first weekend slate of all the bowl games. We'll have live shows as well. Keep an eye out on Twitter. We'll keep you 
up to date on all of our schedules. Hey, everybody, just jumping in real quick. This is Matt, the producer. Thanks, as always, for listening to Big Bets on Campus. As Stucky mentioned, we will be back next week for college football episodes. As always, we'll do our college football bowl previews in four parts, starting next Thursday, the 16th, with our college football bowl preview part one. Part two will come the next Monday, the 20th, and then we will have parts three and four on Monday, December 27th, and on Thursday, December 30th. Uh, We'll continue to deliver college basketball episodes with the three men weave every Wednesday, and our group of five deep dive guys will do one final bowl blowout episode next Tuesday, the 14th. So thanks again for listening, and we look forward to another fabulous bowl season, the most wonderful time of the year. Let me check the reviews. Man, we might have some shit. We might have some shit reviews now. Um, Two cats, 68. Love the show. Wish I had more time to listen, though, but I... Had to take a second job after following Collins' pick late in the season. But seriously, keep up the good work. 2Cat68, send me a DM or our producer. We'll send you some gear. Robert, Wyatt, sure, they give out picks, but I get so much out of just listening to these guys talk about betting and sports. Also, if you aren't riding with Stuck's late-night Twitter rants, what are you even doing with your life? The Gen Jack, you as well. All right, thanks for the reviews. Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe. Leave a review, it really helps us. Got college basketball episodes as well. I'm going to be starting to jump on them later this month in the January throughout the rest of the year. Uh, but thanks again for listening. It's time for us to go dig into bowls and motivation and who's out and all that good stuff. I can't wait. Hope you enjoy a nice Saturday with uh, only one, the army Navy game. We'll have some content out on that as well. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch y'all later. Cheers. Peace out.